Welcome, everybody. This is uh, Paul and uh, Brian, Brian Brooks. Uh, it's actually, I'm going by B to the Rooks today. B to the Rooks. Um, yeah. So this is B to the Rooks and R yep. to the Aimer. What up? Uh, episode number 12. <laughs> it doesn't apply, you know, across the entire spectrum of last names. I'm sorry. That's, I uh, thought it was like Pig Latin. No. No, no, I mean, some people can pull off a certain look and others, you know, should never wear a Hawaiian shirt. Mm. Uh, so it's a thing. Uh, Andy Reid looks, looks good uh, in a Hawaiian shirt. I would never well, try it. He's, he's giant and fat. I feel like that's what you have to be to wear Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, there is some liberating, like, uh, lack of consequences when you're of that body type. So I've got some comments, but first let's, let's get off to the important stuff. Uh, what, what's your, your drink of poison today? Uh, I should preface this with uh, our connection may not be great, and we seem to be losing each other occasionally. So, and he's back. Excellent. Brian, <laughs> we're, so we're going to try and do a podcast where we may drop each yeah. other every minute or so. This is going to be super fun. I, in the last 10 seconds, I heard uh, rink, and so I can only assume that you are talking about our <laughs> alcoholic beverages of choice. Yes. Yeah, so what are you drinking? That, all right. Uh, I am drinking... Uh, a homemade uh, Manhattan. Let me tell you how you know the person that you're with loves you. And this is how. Mm-hmm. It's Wednesday afternoon. It's 2 p.m. Uh, and I reach up on the uh, difficult-to-reach shelf for a martini glass. And she says, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm making a drink for my podcast. And she says, no, no, no. Uh, what are you doing reaching for the small martini glass? The big martini glass is over there. And uh, mm-hmm. And then that's just one of those moments that makes you say, this is yeah, a, a good relationship. It. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I, got the- I would like to point out that uh, your significant other posts a lot of photos, which I really appreciate. Uh, feels mm-hmm. I feel like I'm I'm living your life with you a little bit through her photos. I'll let her know that. Um, I think as I'm not sure general- if that's what she's doing. I'm assuming she's posting them specifically for me, but maybe not. I don't know. Uh, well, considering the two of you have never met, I don't think that that's her motive. <laughs> Um, I think she experiences life through social media in ways that I do not. Uh, mm. I have curtailed significantly my use of social yeah, media. I mean, and uh, she I, is not. I, I don't and, use uh, social media as much as my wife stuff does like either, that. So. so, say it again. Said I don't. I don't use social media nearly as much as Lana does either. Oh yeah. No, I. Uh, I, I've yeah. Yeah. So I you're drinking a Manhattan. Yes, I uh, made a Manhattan for myself. Uh, I enjoyed making home. I did not have a lime, I'm sorry, a lemon, as is um, usually necessary. Um, but I did have the sweet vermouth and the rye and the bitters. And um, that's all it takes. And a nice little shaking glass and some mm. ice. So put it together in the big martini glass. It took me about 45 seconds to walk from the kitchen to the office because, uh, as you know, it's pretty foul to spill. And, uh, and I'm all set. Nice. So I am I'm currently drinking the the last two uh, Sun King cream ale or Sun yeah Sun, Sun King cream ales from my uh, my housewarming party this weekend. Um, so I bought a bunch of booze and I wanted to seem cultured, so I bought like uh, locally crafted beer for people to drink. Um, All right. And I don't know if I don't know if uh, you heard any of that, but. <laughs> Uh, I just heard that you <laughs> expressed the word "nice" uh, in and the anti Andy Samberg noise, and uh, and I guess I can noise. appreciate it. 
the the noise uh, expression does have a place in our society. Uh, I don't prescribe to. I don't watch the news Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, I I'm not terribly uh, up to date season. on the newest season either, but I'll get there and I'll enjoy mm-hmm. it when I do. Yep. So anyway, having having a nice a nice beer here in the afternoon. Yep. Um, what what's the plans for the evening for you, Brian? Uh, we're gonna do a Blue Apron supper. Uh, we prescribe to the Blue Apron mm-hmm. meal delivery kits. Although, if you mm-hmm. pre predetermine your order, meaning you go on the app and you say, "In this week, I want to order these three things," because it gives you a choice out of like eight. Uh, they don't always uh, uphold themselves to the highest of standards, and you kind of just get what they want to send you. Um, I'm fairly certain that gotcha. what I what I order uh, does not always arrive. But in general, uh, we're pretty big fans of the service. So uh, getting a haircut this afternoon. We used to do it. Yeah. We enjoyed the Blue Apron when we did it. And what yeah, it was good. Uh, well, we moved, and then we just never restarted it. And then the fact that I'm here and, uh, like, I'm – not here all the time it makes it kind of difficult sometimes so yeah uh when you're by yourself it's a pain in the ass because it's a lot of work for one person but for two people i think it's pretty good yeah it's a good two person job yeah Yeah, exactly uh getting to get a haircut i like going to my haircut in place because while my town is does not allow bar service uh there are some alcohol stores but uh, you can't have a bar anyway uh the point is it's a nice haircutting place and uh or barbershop i guess is a technical term uh, they give a free bourbon uh, because they cannot charge for it. So uh, mm. I'll have drink number two today around 345. And then probably just continue that general trend. I'm uh, going to get amped for game six of the NBA finals tonight and uh, hope that I get to watch game seven at some point in the near future. Nice. Yeah, that's that's my plans. We'll get more into that, into to our basketball yep. uh, watching later. But I, I did, you just, uh, you visited Kansas City. You went to to Kauffman Stadium, saw a Royals yep. game, and how was that? I uh, had a pretty good trip. Uh, so I guess for general context of our listener base, I should establish that uh, I currently live in Northeast Pennsylvania, but that's not a long-term uh, destination. At some point in the one- to two-year range, uh, my girlfriend and I are uh, anticipating moving away. She has her heart set on Northeast, uh, the Pacific Northeast, I'm sorry, Northwest, uh, meaning like Portland or Seattle. Mm, uh, like Oregon, Oregon Washington, okay, yeah. um, something like that. Maybe even international, which I would like. Uh, I have my heart set on the Kansas City region, primarily because I'm a Royals and a Chiefs fan. Um, and also because the city is mm-hmm. bad and past. Yeah. Locally. Uh, so it is, it is an city. awesome city. It's it such a city. different city from like the East Coast cities like Boston and Philadelphia. When you're in Boston and Philadelphia, it's every single building is right up on you. There's no space to breathe. There's no parks or green spaces and i'm being i'm exaggerating there of course are some parks and some spaces but when you're just walking around the sidewalk the building is right there and it's very constricted kansas city is the opposite there are green spaces and wide open areas all over the city it's such a unique town as compared to the east coast establishment and and i really like it out there most fountains yeah right? well, isn't that kansas city most fountains uh, in the per world right capita or per geographic uh, area it is, yeah. It, it is. It's a lot. It of is fountains, the city though. of fountains. Um, that is that is their nickname. Uh, so we went out there for two days, and then we met the family for two days on southeast rural Kansas. And my girlfriend liked to or got to hold some baby goats, which was a fun fun time. Uh, so we went around the city for two days. Went to Kaufman. Uh, went to some of the nicer bars. Uh, Kansas City has a fad trend going on, which I, I fear is about four to five years behind 
the East Coast, uh, they have a speakeasy trend going. So we went to about three or four different speakeasies, places that were otherwise generally hidden. Ooh. Um, did you have, did you have to dress up properly? Uh, are you asking me if I dressed in like 1920s gen like era attire? Is that the question? Yeah, I did not. No, yes. I you know I was on a look with a feather in your a hat. trip, so no. I only had you know like three different changes of clothing. So you didn't have your suit suit. No, no, nor my fedora with a three foot long uh, feather. Not that okay. I own that. Yeah, leave that one at home. That makes yeah. sense. Usually, usually you leave that in a, uh, closet, a, a so. prop closet. Yeah, from my you know community acting troupe days, which <laughs> which probably constitute a different discussion on our podcast. Uh, it was a pretty awesome time in the city. Yeah. Unfortunately for me and my ulterior motives or ulterior motives, I'm not positive which, uh, the fun that we had in the city was not so much that it significantly altered her perspective on the city. Uh, she likes the town, uh, but mm. did not fall in love with the town. Uh, so. You know, it's a good city. Carmel, Indiana. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> Is it a city? Like technically, does it meet the definition of city? Yeah, I mean, it's actually way you know bigger. That, I've you just answered yes. I don't think you know the technical definition of a city. It's actually a, it's a per capita per square area, right? So you need to meet a certain number of people per square area to be a, called a city. So when it asked me what city so I just, live in, I fell out. Lied. You just lied to me and I, our listeners. I mean, I don't know what more. Like it's it's a big accountability. It's a large action, town then. I don't know. What do you want from me? It's 20 minutes I from Indianapolis. All right, so you live in a suburb. Yes. Right, and a, and a yes. suburb with a neighbor who has too many cars. <laughs> yes, I hope he doesn't wow. listen to this. Man. Although he's been gone for like three weeks, and has which he, has been did nice. he at least he when he left? Did he at least park his cars in an area that allowed you access to the shared common basketball hoop? Yeah, there's only one van out there right now, and he he he's been parking since I've like talked to him. I can shoot baskets all I want. It's pretty sweet. It's a it's a nice get up. I mean, I'd like him to maybe sell a couple of his cars, but I, I can't force him. So. All right, I have a question. If I was to ask you, and maybe don't say it on our podcast because I'm not sure if you're ready for the publicity and unwanted attention that comes along with sharing a personal address. What is the level of uh, personal uh, per, uh, privacy violation. If you give me your address and then I go to realestate.com or, or Zillow and I search through all the pictures of the home that you just purchased, is that a privacy violation mm -hmm. or no? That, I don't believe so. I mean, so Zillow has now, I will say like, uh, I, I've had to show share people like the Zillow stuff and the price that's on Zillow is not what I paid. So it makes it look like I'm in an extremely wealthy house, which I'm not. It's just they over the Zillow, whatever overprices it. Cause it's a estimate, I guess, you know, you're not there. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Totally um, no. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, I can share my Zillow with you and you can check it out. Okay. Is, is what I was getting at Brian. That that's what I wanted. Um, that, that's the outcome I was desiring. I just didn't know if that was going to violate, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, a man, man's no, no. home is a, I mean, is a fortitude I, or solitude or whatever the expression. Right. Well, we we've actually changed a lot since their pictures are posted. So, but I'm, I mean, you'll get a, the gist of it, you know. So, I mean, <clears throat> speaking of of houses, so I recently I was about to install a fence myself. Okay. In my it's backyard. quite a significant undertaking, um, by the way. Yeah. Like, 
It it is. I'm aware. Uh, I, I thought I could handle it, right? So my now my theory is, you know, I have two weeks off at a time, and I was like, I'll just save thousands of dollars by doing this myself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a reason it costs thousands of dollars. So I, <laughs> I literally was about to rent the auger and drill, and then I was like, you know what? Let me just double check how much uh, how much like cement i need for each of these and i did like some quick calculations and it was like you're gonna need at least 50 sacks of 50 pounds cement. <laughs> i was like 50 sacks. so 50 sacks right for, so uh, you for know how, i've got how, and what, it, what was our distance what was our total length it, it's like 170 uh linear feet 180 ish that's so that's the problem far, is man. You, all right it's a lot yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's not that. I mean, it's not. You're it's looking just at a post the, everywhere, the, like the thing is, is you have to, for these like six foot fences, you have to drill three feet down and to put. The... Yeah, exactly. So the, the post goes in there and you have to drill like a half uh, to three quarters of a foot hole and put the post in and fill it with cement. Yeah. So it's a lot of cement, you know. So and yeah. I, I so I had bought. The other thing, I bought eight posts. Posts. I need like I needed like thirty of them. Mm-hmm. I could only fit eight in my car, and I had the, <laughs> the Menards only had eight of. Well, I could have fit like ten, but that's each when Menards you, only that's had when you like eight. So I would have had to go Home to like Depot four truck, stores. Right? To get There's the always a Home Depot rental truck post. in the parking lot, and it says like, I got them here. Me for it was like an undertaking just to get that's the when posts you need to here, and truck. I was like, you know what? Let me let's do some uh, some quick math. So I made a little uh, little napkin. You know how much this is going to cost me, and it was like, okay, it, it was like thirty five hundred dollars of just just materials, right? Just in posts, and so boards I was and concrete posts, boards, concrete, um, nails, renting the you know the auger, yep. na- yeah, all that stuff, nails and, and screws, so yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, so I, I was like, you know what? If I can get somebody to do this for like under a thousand dollars in labor, ah. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna pay, you know what I There's mean? There's no like, way you I'm got a contract to do that for under a 1K. Well, I mean, so they get stuff cheaper than I do, right? They have like their own lumber yards and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. I called around and got three quotes. One guy was like 5,100 and one guy was like 45. And then the last company came in at $4,000 and they have a military discount. So I was like oh. $4,000. So I'm paying 500. I didn't say this to them, but I was like, I would definitely pay $500 for somebody to do this and me not have to do that. So pulled the trigger, had them come out and they're going to put it in in a couple weeks. I'm ecstatic because I was dreading, literally dreading it. It was going to be the worst thing. Ever. Yeah, no, that's, that's quite a bit more work than I think most people might realize how much I, I cut out. What was the total amount that they wanted for it? Four, four grand total. Yeah. And, and that's parts, labor, two year warranty, so, and you know, I, they're obviously getting parts cheaper than I am. Yeah. But still. It'll make your life you know. better, man. Uh, yeah, it was definitely worth it. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite uh, a bit more work. And, the, like, there's... You know what? If this was, like, the fifth fence that you were going to build, you could probably do it, uh, you know, without screwing it up too bad. But it's the first fence. And so that means, obviously, you're going to have some mm-hmm. some learning costs, if we're going to put it euphemistically. Uh so I, I don't. Oh, well, there's learn, yeah, learning costs. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't second guess your decision one little bit. Yeah, yeah. 
So that that's been a big undertaking in my life. Let me. All right. So this this kind of goes a, a tiny bit hand in hand. Uh, I've got a little bit of a workshop in my basement. Uh, it's not significant. I've got a few tools. I recently went out um, out of just having some extra money and um, being a little bit flippant with my disposable income. And I recently purchased uh, a little air compressor. It's like a three gallon, 120 PSI G uh, air compressor. I have no air compressor tools. I have no express use for this air compressor. I wanted to use it to blow out the mm-hmm. leaves that fall into my engine because I don't have a garage. Uh, but when I tried to do that, most of the leaves that were in there were already dried and caked. And so I had to actually dig at them with like a brush. And so the air compressor failed at its one express purpose. Uh, I acknowledged, even when I was standing in the aisle of Home Depot, before I purchased, I acknowledged that it was like a wasted <laughs> purchase and that I had no use for this item. Uh, but I still bought it anyway because sometimes you just want a new toy. Um, and do you have any kind of... Recently purchased uh, items that you quickly acknowledge be relatively useless. Uh, I definitely have <laughs> one. So uh, I, so I, <laughs> this was silly of me, but I, I got a, a, a battery powered electric lawnmower in the thought that Lana would be able to mow the lawn when I'm gone. Cause it's like a push button okay. start. Right. And it's self propelled and, right. and all this. Uh, what, what? Well, you know, turns out she's never going to move on <laughs> ever. Like, <laughs> I so, had such a similar. But not only uh, did I get, I had such a similar uh, experience. Yeah. Uh, I was mowing the yard yesterday, and I said to my girlfriend, "Like, do you do you ever want to do this? Because honest to God, this is I love her very much. Honest to God, she's never in her lifetime mowed a yard." And I said, uh, "Do you mind every once in a while mowing the yard?" She said, "Yeah, just show me how." And I thought my initial thought was, "Wait." What do you need someone to show? Like, it's as simple as starting a lawnmower and mowing. Like, what, where do you need the educational value? And then I realized she doesn't know how to start the lawnmower. And I realized, okay, well, if you don't know how to, like, hold mm-hmm. the, the little handle by the handle thing, and I don't obviously know the technical term, I guess that would. So I obligated myself to giving a five-minute demonstration on how to start the lawnmower. I'm not convinced that that's going to have any uh, effect on her actually performing the task. So. It's funny for me to hear you say that about Lana. So I knew she would never do like a pull start gas mower. So I was like, I'll just get this battery powered, you know, push button. It's self-propelled. It's super easy. It's quiet. Like you can don't I even ask, need earplugs. Can I ask her prohibition, her reasoning for a prohibition on her pull start gas mower? I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I have no idea. I just know she, <laughs> You mean like why she's not going to mow or mm-hmm, or, or mm-hmm. just, yeah. Why she's not going to use. I, we haven't gotten into it that much. It was just kind of like, she kind of like chuckled at me. You know what <laughs> I mean? So, but so okay. I bought this mower and it, it was probably like twice as expensive as like a gas mower. Cause I thought she, she would be able to do it when I was gone. Well, I should have just bought the gas mower in retrospect, but being, me, I was like, oh, I'm going to get this battery power. And then I bought this blower because I wanted to be able to like blow all the my yeah. leaves out in the fall and like all the. Yep. And then, of course, I got like the upgraded backpack blower that I definitely don't need. But I wanted it because I always thought it looked cool when people put a backpack on to blow. Yeah. <laughs> but so both of those things cost me more than I would have liked to have paid. However, 
in my head initially, I was like, oh, this is great. Lana will mow the lawn when I'm gone. She can. And, and then it's just turned out like, no, I just re- my grass is really long when I get home. That's just <laughs> how it is. So how does the battery operated mower handle the super long, thick grass? Uh, well, I, I have to like cut it high right when I come home ah. and then and then I'll come come back at it a couple days later. So, okay. I mean, my lawn is not I've got like. 0.4 acres and a lot of it is trees and shrubbery and stuff. So, I mean, it takes me 30 minutes to mow my whole lawn with a walk, walking mower. Wow. 30 minutes. So it's, it's not, yeah. I mean, it's, it's quick. I put it on like the fast pace and I'm like fast walking with it, but still, you know, well, after you give me a drill, check it out on Google maps and Zillow and yep. I'll be, you, you know, it'll be pretty much like I also live there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've got a room for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh i yeah i but uh, i bragged to my coworkers i can mow my yard in about uh i'd say a legitimate like hard 14 minutes i can get it all done front yard and backyard it's not a big area so you're, yeah yours is smaller than mine that's right yeah it's 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 but, not too bad i mean i don't have a big yard either but um it's okay man you have to compensate so you were telling me that you uh you recently watched uh breakfast club again right Oh, he cut out. So I will just. Oh, are you back? I'm here. I'm here. Maybe. I'm here. Okay. I'm back. So Breakfast Club. Yeah. So did you uh, tell me about it? uh, So like a month ago, I rewatched a beloved '80s movie called The Breakfast Club. And if you're not familiar with it, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. Uh, Halfway. So first off, before. When you emailed me about this, uh, I think you spelled club wrong. You called, you said like breakfast blub, mm. like with a B. Okay. And I was very confused because <laughs> I was like, is there a movie? I'm un- <laughs> like, I know bre- the breakfast blub. And I literally Googled breakfast blub and then breakfast club came up. So uh, well, <laughs> thanks for pointing out my uh, typing deficiencies to our dozens, hundreds of well, I, listeners. You, you like obscure enough movies. That I thought maybe I was the. I don't think Breakfast Club is an obscure movie. No, 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 it's not. But you do like obscure movies. That's true. That's fair. Yeah. But continue. I'm sorry. Uh, So halfway through Breakfast Club, 80s, awesome movie. Yeah, halfway through, there's this scene where the principal, who's a dickhead, uh, but like if you've ever been in charge of other dickheads, you can acknowledge that it's like a difficult position. So halfway through the movie, he's having this conversation with the janitor. And the principal is talking to the janitor, and he says, uh, kids these days, they have no respect for authority, and that he's afraid that uh, these people are going to run the world when he's, like, uh, old and decrepit. Uh, and it reminds me of, of this stereotype or this, uh, I don't know, lazy, intellectually lazy uh, position where people say, kids these days. And so my point is, this movie is from 1989, and it shows a principal... I was talking about teenagers. Uh, obviously, if you were a teenager in 1989, now you'd be in like your 50s. And a lot of the people in their 50s, so ergo those teenagers then, say that line, kids these days. And now I acknowledge that the internet and smartphones and and social media has significantly changed uh, the ways in which uh, people interact with the world. That's true and fair. Uh, I do not think that that has significantly changed the experience of being a teenager or being youthful. And I submit that uh, there will always be 
uh, old men that say kids these days. There will be that group of people mm-hmm. in a hundred years, and that group of people some, uh, existed one hundred years ago now. And as proof of this, I will go further. I will say a hundred years ago in 1919, major cities had multiple, multiple newspapers. And do you know that they, they had multiple editions for the day? They would issue a morning edition of a newspaper. They would edition, mm. they would issue an afternoon and an evening edition of the newspaper because people wanted information. And then along came the radio and old men said, Kids these days are just, they listen to the radio and they don't do anything. And then along came the television. The old men said, kids these days, just pay attention to the television. And then along came the internet. And people, and old men said, kids these days, just watch the internet. And then along came Instagram and Facebook and, and Twitter. And old men said, the kids these days. And you know what? Old men are always going to say kids these days. And fundamentally, things are not that different. And I, I think we may disagree on this. And, and I acknowledge, like, I may be wrong, but... I don't think I'm wrong. This is my viewpoint. So I think there will always be people, you know, as you get older, you look back at at children or kids or whatever, and you think, oh, well, I didn't act that way when you probably did. You probably did. Yeah. But yeah. Right. I, I, my biggest thing is I do think growing up with the internet and social media is inherently a different experience than what we had. I mean, I, I had internet growing up, but it was not like, oh, just Google anything you want, right? I mean, I, I didn't have this yeah. internet, you know? So it, I acknowledge, yeah, it was a different kind of an entity. Like, uh, I was in my 20s when MySpace came along. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and but I mean, e- even MySpace, like, at the time, you had to log onto your computer Right. And then you could go interact with people where, you know, now you have a smartphone. I mean, I just I do remember growing up and just, you know, wandering around on my bike or going in the woods for hours on end and no contact with anybody but my friends. You know what I mean? That are out there. And yeah. and now it's I like think that still exists for 10 year olds. I think 10 year olds have cell phones with GPS and Instagram and Twitter and all that. That's what yeah. I think. I think some kids, I mean, 10-year-olds um, are still playing I don't know. Little League I, Baseball. And I still think that in getting marble more years, fights and there's still be doing all those another technology that... Quintessential act. What'd you say? Sorry. I said 10-year-olds are still playing Little League Baseball and they're still getting in war balloon fights and they're still, yeah. I don't know, like doing shit that 10-year-olds do. And now some of that is a little bit more digital than it used to be. But I think fundamentally being a 10-year-old is still the same as it was. When yeah. we were 10-year-olds and when our parents were 10-year-olds. No, I, I think you're right. Um, I I just, I think there'll be a technology in another 100 years or whatever that we don't know about now that, you know, kids now will be like, oh, we didn't have this when we grew up and it's completely different or whatever, you know? Oh, yeah, so, there will I, be. I mean, that's just how it is. But uh, Yeah, that's life I, and that's the nature of, but you know what I was thinking life. about as we were talking about this just randomly. uh when is like another sport that is popular going to come around, right? So all the mm. sports that we consider major sports, right? They've literally been, it's about a hundred, 150 years that they've all been about. Yeah. I mean like yeah. basketball, football, American football. I, I don't know when soccer was invented, but I, I'm sure, yeah. you know, baseball, that kind of stuff. So like, is there a chance that there's going to be a new mainstream sport in the next hundred years that people start to follow? I think hmm, that's an interesting question. I think there will be, 
Uh, I think that over our lifetime, I think the MMA is slowly replacing boxing as a mainstream sport. I think when we were kids in like the, you know, 1990, I think boxing was a relatively mainstream sport, which it is not now. I don't particularly care for MMA. Mm. I don't, I don't, but it like is it. more popular than boxing. It now. is. Yeah. And I'm not going to argue that it absolutely is. Um, I don't like MMA. I kind of like to watch boxing. I don't know if that's because I watched it when I was a kid, and and I think that there's a science to it. There's obviously a science to MMA. I just I particularly think it's too violent. Uh, I don't know. At some point in our lifetimes, football has taken over the national pastime. I don't think anyone argue that baseball is more popular than football. I think baseball is a much more regional sport. I think if you live in Kansas City, you care about the Royals. If you live in Cincinnati, you care about the Reds. I think if you live in Cincinnati, yeah, but- I think you also care about the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers and the Carolina Panthers for whatever reason, because nationally, we football is a national thing and baseball is a regional thing, and I can't explain that. I um, think a lot of that's I, fantasy football, too. I, I do. Fantasy yeah. football is so relevant that, you know, if you have Cam Newton on your fantasy team, like, you might watch the Carolina Panthers play the Buffalo Bills when you would have no other reason to watch that game, you know? I think it also has to do with, I know some people would argue that football has saturated the market with Monday night games and Thursday night games, but on the, in general, on the whole football is a once a week activity. Um, Yeah. You can somewhat commit a Sunday night or a Sunday or whatever, you know? Yeah. And now, and if if you, you, like you said, if you follow, Saturday one team in, in the Thursday NFL, night, though, too. Tuesday you really night, only like have to commit games one time a week, the week. What, whether that is Sunday night or Monday night or whatever. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So. I don't. Know, I was just thinking: is there? I, some, I think there will be. Yeah, you think so? Like somebody will invent it, or is it already I, around and we just yeah. it'll be more popular? Like maybe lacrosse becomes just ginormous or something. I don't know. Nah. <laughs> I, I think that, I, I think it'll either be soccer. Because I think the general trend, and this might be true on a slower scale for the last 20 years, I think soccer has, has grown in popularity. And I'm not sure that, that the next major sport is on us yet. I think I, I'd have to look at some data. I'd be curious to see the popularity of ice hockey in America, if that's grown or shrunk in the last 30 years. I, I, don't, I don't have any data, so I don't want to be predisposed to an outcome. I think um, hockey is somewhat like see. baseball, which is regional. Like if there was a – like it, when I'm in Pittsburgh, people legitimately care about the Penguins. But Oh, hell yes, they do. Right? Yeah, no, to people who, it, to people who are in that region, That's what I'm, it's yeah. a very important – But I'm in Indianapolis. Yeah. We don't have an NHL team, so for the most part, we don't care about any – you know, like that's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. How How bad do you feel – and this is – we haven't talked about this yet. I have significant sympathy for fans of franchises who continually screw them over. And specifically, I'm thinking of like the Miami Marlins, Florida Marlins oh, yeah. franchise. The Marlins fans. with like, their those fans. I getting have, rid of anybody that was good at all. The shits every year, and uh, and and every time. Sorry, I'm getting get a chance to be optimistic. I'm getting a phone call on my. Let me let me decline this. Just like my my computer's beeping at me. <laughs> well, it it rings on my computer too, and I, all I can hear is my phone ringing. <laughs> Um, didn't so didn't didn't the guy that's like the MVP last year, Christian Yelich? He was from Miami, right? He was, yeah. He came up in the my in the Marlins organization, yeah. And this is my point: 
they trade away every good player. Yeah. And then Jeter has the cojones to go out and say, we're not tanking. Like, at least treat people like adults and acknowledge what, what you're openly doing. They're but it, clearly tanking. They got rid of every decent player, including the NL MVP, Kristen Yelich. Yep. But in baseball, tanking has been proven to work, right? So the Astros tanked, and then the Astros then they're awesome. So did the I Cubs. Don't think, I don't think the Royals were tanking. I think they were just a shitty team. But yeah. they got yeah. some decent players. They got Zach Grinke, who was a top-something pick. And they made a miraculous trade, and they got Lorenzo Cain and Alcides Escobar and a few other players that they turned them into uh, James Shields. So they're they're tanking in combination with a, a great trade allowed them to become a two-year peak franchise. But yeah, uh, the Astros are a perfect example of tanking in baseball that that works. turns into a yeah. modern day. So yeah, I think it's somewhat the allowed Astros in baseball. have the added, or like not allowed, but I think people accept it um, more than they regional do franchise area. In like other Houston is one of the what six um, largest metropolitan know. areas. What were you in saying about the? What were you saying about the Astros? Sorry, I missed that. Uh, the well, the Astros clearly tanked. Yeah, what like eight nine years ago. Yeah, but they, they were, have the they added benefit horrible. of being in a major. Oh yeah, no, they were very clearly trying to lose. But I'm saying like Houston is a major metropolitan area, like. Right. Houston, I think it's in the top five for major, uh, for populated cities in America. Yeah, it's big. Like, yeah, so. it's huge compared to San Diego, Kansas City, Milwaukee, um, some of the other smaller markets. It's it, it dwarfs those other franchises. Oh the, no, my Manhattan is almost gone. Uh, if you only you had a girlfriend who had the summer off and was probably hanging around and maybe could make you one. It's a fine point. Uh, I'm not sure if she's ever made one. Oh, same. That's you know what? That'll be a question for when we're done with this podcast. You could just have you ever just made go, one, Mom? The meatloaf, but just <laughs> just say it like Miranda Manhattan. See see what happens. I don't know. Yeah, I I'd like to think our relationship is modern enough that I'm we're beyond that level of calling out a, a drink and having the expectation be that it's brought to me within like a time period. Right. Uh, but like, I think know, it's not worth uh, one of the five languages of love is acts of servitude. That, that is wow. And I'm impressed. You know that Lana quotes the uh, five love languages to me occasionally. Uh, fill in time, fill in time. <laughs> no idea what you just said. Great. So with that, let's get into the final. So game with six that. is tonight. Um, yeah. You, you're going to watch. Oh, by I'm going to watch. Oh, I'm going to watch. My girlfriend is so not excited for another basketball game. She's I, ready for I don't think she gives. She's rooting for Toronto. Yeah, she, just doesn't give a, <laughs> yeah, she does not give a flying fuck who wins. She just wants it over. Um, Did you tell her it yeah, starts back up so in October? <laughs> no. Although honestly, it doesn't uh, really matter until the like, I, unless you actually care yeah. about a single team, it's not even really worth investing time until the playoffs. But no, no, yeah, it's I, I had a, a, a tiny little glint of gleam in my eye when I told her, "Yeah, honey, the NBA players are starting," and it was back in April, and now it's like <laughs> mid June. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I told her, uh, the NBA playoffs are starting. Uh, this is when it gets important. I really love the NBA playoffs. Uh, every game is competitive. And she said, oh, yeah, how long does it last? I'm like, two and a half months. <laughs> <laughs> every night almost what's that for like, two and a half months. Well, yeah, what's that like 20% of the calendar year is NBA playoffs? <laughs> You know what kills uh, me is is these final start like tonight's fucking nine p.m. Like what the fuck aren't I mean I know I know it's in Golden State but we're East Coast time. Most of the people that are watching this are probably East Coast, and you're you're throwing us on at nine p.m. The game's gonna go on till midnight on a when what is it Thursday <sighs> night? You know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I hate the late starts. I mean, I, I can stay up for it. It doesn't bother it. me, but it, some people have to wake up at like six and go to work and you're just like, you know. Wow. We, we, no, when when I have to work the next day, I cannot watch the game. Or if I do watch, I can only watch the first quarter because if I go to bed after 10, I'm getting like five hours of sleep. And Yeah, well, that's how I am That's at work. not legitimate. Like When I'm off at work, I wake up yeah. at 4.30. So it's like I'm not staying up past 10 to watch one of these games. You know, no, I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. When I have a day shift, and I alternate days and nights. When I have a day shift, I have to wake up at four fifteen, and and I do not have a job where I can just kind of like tune out and just be there and yeah, yeah, not do anything. That's not legitimate. I can't do that. So, so crying about the time aside, we agree on that. What do we think is gonna? I mean, mm-hmm. so I I've been rooting for Golden State, which I don't know why. I well, it's because I've been rooting for Golden State for years, and I like them. But I have to. Everything have to. about everything that I believe in in sports should force me to root for Toronto. Like it's the, I mean, it's not a small market, but it's not your mainstream basketball yeah. city. And yeah, Toronto's a big city. Yeah, it's but really but they've never big, been to the finals. City. You know, it's like change. Just all this stuff that I would normally root for Toronto, and I can't. I've tried. I've even like, How do you been feel like about Kawhi Leonard specifically. I can't do it. I still want Golden State to win. And part I think Golden State's Probably the underdog almost now. Which I don't know if that's do you think Golden State is the underdog in this series now? At now, right now, here uh, June thirteenth. Yeah. Yes. Golden yeah. State is the underdog. Okay. Yes. I'm I'm you know, which if, is, if everybody's healthy, sure. No, but if you had asked me in you know in October or November, like, oh, how do you think Golden State's going to be in the finals? Like, of course, in that time frame, they were never going to be the underdog. But yeah. now, down three games to two on June thirteenth in Toronto, yeah, they're the underdog. Um, no, I this don't game's think in Golden to... State. This one's in Golden State. Oh shit! You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It's the I don't last think game in that Oracle. you get to. I, I you don't get to update that quickly. I think. When the series started, you'd say this team's the underdog or this team's not. So here's my question on before game one, before it, they even started, which team would you have chosen to be the underdog? I still thought it was Toronto. Uh, I mean, but, I did it, too. but it was I close. Did too. I didn't think because I mean, they have Steph and Clay, right? And, and, and I was also like, I know there was all these KD rumors, but I was like, ah, you know what? He's going to come back if it's close. And so that's kind of what I was thinking, you know? Yeah. But came back and blew his Achilles out. And I, they're saying that may have cost him money and all this bullshit. And I'm like, any well, any team's still going to give him all the money I, he wants. Like, if he wants to come I, sit I, I on the, the fucking sympathy. side of the court for the Pacers for it's a not year, the money we'll pay him $35 I million. Dollars. I guarantee Kevin you Durant. 
You, I, I, Kevin Durant, he first of all, he's made more money than most NBA players could even imagine. Right. And he's going to continue to make more money than most NBA players can imagine. So if his total lifetime accumulation of wealth goes from, I don't know what, like four hundred million to three hundred forty million, like what's the you know what the fuck's the difference? I do you get um, tired of? I feel like at this point we're so far pro player that everybody's all all about players getting their money and all this, and I'm like, I, I get it. I, I'm not trying to short some dude his money. But and in the end, like we're all we're watching sports because we're fans. Like I'm not watching it because I care about Kevin Durant's yeah. financial future. You know, right? I I do agree. His specifically Kevin Durant, his financial future was established 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be fine. His kids are going to be fine. Like I'm I'm not worried about that. I do have sympathy for the man who's going through that experience. I can't of, imagine of trying doing- to compete physical therapy for a year to, to, do you know what I mean? Have you, so I'm having to do, I I screwed up my shoulder and I've been having to do some light physical therapy for it. And it's, it's kind of a pain. Like I have to do exercises every day and then I go into the doctor every couple of weeks and they, they do some stuff, but I can't imagine like not being able to walk basically and having to do that, like regain Mm -hmm. the ability to walk. Like that just sounds insane to me. No, Brian. All right. Anyway, uh, riff until he gets back. Almost back. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what this I think sounds Paul, like. Yeah, I, I, I love you, Paul. I really do. Uh, I think part of the skill in riffing until your partner gets back is not, is saying, not saying that you're riffing until your partner gets back. Yeah. So, because here's the thing is, but, I know, don't know if what's going to turn up. up is both of us talking or if there's actual going to be dead space. I have no idea what's going to happen on this mm. podcast. It's part of me wants well, to just post I, I've it been, and listen. With one or two expe- exceptions, I've been going silent when I hear myself going out. Oh, uh, and then okay. I come back to, I come back to feeling, feeling, feeling or talking <laughs> until he gets back. I, I would say, you know, as, as your skill as a podcaster develops part of, you know, riffing is not saying the word riffing. <laughs> you're not, you're it, not it supposed to tell. Act. I'm breaking the fourth wall, Brian. That's what I'm doing. It's yeah. it, it's a, a a skill like that they do in that Deadpool movie where he talks yeah. to the audience. To can, can I take a moment aside here? Uh, so about a week or two ago, I was uh, it was like a Friday afternoon. I was driving to a golf course. It was like 2 p.m. Uh, and I got a random phone call on well, a Facebook message. Can I say that's a phone call? I got a yeah. Facebook messenger call uh, from an old sailor that worked for me. And uh, and I'm going to give a shout out to Mr. Devin Hewitt and Patrick Rutherford. Uh, because while I was driving to a golf course, they called me while I was in. And then tried to FaceTime while I was driving, which is obviously inherently dangerous and inappropriate. Yep. Maybe they didn't know I was driving, so I can't blame them. Uh, and, uh, and the point is, uh, they're listeners and fans of uh, the podcast. Uh, they also nice. called out Mr. David Lynch, uh, who was right. going to be our first guest and then obviously bailed on us. And so, you know, he hasn't, he's be our first. texted me a couple times, but not, yeah. nothing with any sort of actual, like why he bailed or any, anything yeah. like that, well, you know? Uh, to our uh, listeners and friends who are still in the Navy, I can profess, and I think Paul will back me up, 
uh, life is better outside of the Navy. It's a, it's true. It's a much more pleasant experience when remembered nostalgically instead of in real time. I only remember the good times though. Like, like I, 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 it's hard for me to remember shitty times. I don't know about you. Uh, nope, nope. I have a sufficient uh, bank of shitty times that I can draw on. You can pull them up if ever I'm want to wax nostalgic. I did just see that Jay Burke, who is a chief now, I believe, is leaving Good for him. a ship after four and he's years. Going to the going to, yeah, and I, you know, yeah, I saw that. So Jay I, I went to Russia with me back in the day. You remember? And and if you I would ask remember, me yeah. then, do you think Jay Burke will be a chief teaching a school? I would have said not in a million years. <laughs> and it nothing to do with Jay is in, very intelligent and a smart guy. I just I always pictured him getting out. I don't know. Um yeah. So no, I have uh, several friends who I would classify in that in that way that I knew on the Enterprise or on the George Washington who I thought, you know, this guy is going to do six and get out like like you did yeah. and and now, like ten, fifteen years later, they're still in, and they're like a senior chief, and 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 I think to myself, man, if the sailors that worked for them today, if they knew how this guy acted ten or fifteen years ago, like you know, they'd be shouting, you know, hypocrite, hypocrite, and maybe they are oh, yeah. shouting hypocrite, hypocrite, but um, that's not you know my place to to ruin that person's standing. So random veteran thing. So uh, my birthday was last weekend and Lana surprised me with uh, me and some friends went paintballing together, which I know is something you do. Is it is like a, friends and I? Is that the correct? Friends and, friends, yeah, friends and I. Friends and I. Friends and I. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, every, everyone likes that grammar Nazi asshole. Well, no, we appreciate that. I'm sure all of our listeners, they were probably yelling at me with you. Yeah. So no, I, <laughs> I'm sure every listener we had said, was saying, Paul, me and my friends. Who who are you talking to? It's clearly an kid. So so she surprise like surprise paintball, uh, which I haven't paintballed since I was. You know what? I think actually the oh. last time was in the navy in Japan. We went up to there was some paintballing place, and the division went. That that was the last time I can remember. Okay. Uh, so ten, twelve years ago, something like that. Um. So we show up and uh, this uh, we get paired. So there's different groups and we get paired with this other group and it's this family of four. And uh, I don't know why this woman's it's this mom. And she's like, y'all better watch out. I was in the army. Like, I'm going to I'm I'm going to kill you guys. Or, you know, she was like just talking a lot of smack. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this, this, like we're probably effed. And and so. Her so her two kids are there. They're like I don't know in their maybe thirteen or something like that. So they they like they pick me because I don't know why, but they they assume that I'm going to be the most athletic looking of the group. So okay. we've got we go we go and we which, split which sides. is not the I'm, parameter to monitor. You want that asshole that's like uh, two hundred eighty pounds and looks like he can't move, but he's got like two guns that shoot out like two hundred rounds per minute. Like you right, want that right. guy. Yeah, you want yeah, you want being, the gun, yeah, not the exactly. You want the gun, not but, the warrior. So I'm sitting here. I, they pick me, and I'm like, "Well, I'm probably fucked because this woman was in the <laughs> army. She's probably like, I, I'm just envisioning like, like she's like coming around the corner, like pop, pop, double tap, like every, you know, all this shit. And so I've got these kids, and I'm like, oh, at least I've got the kids. They've got energy, like they'll, you know. 
And the kids literally fucking hide behind a building the entire fight. Uh, we're playing, we're playing this, uh, like three hits and you're out. So you, you can take one hit, you go back to the, the, the safe zone or whatever. One yeah. of them never fucking gets hit. They have to call the game because he just hides the entire game. And we, needless to say, we lost. Army chick sucks balls, but her husband who's there is like a fuck, like, oh my God, he's like Robocop or something. He's like, huh. one. <laughs> He's wandering about in the middle of the field. Go ahead. <laughs> I love that your example of like the perfect paintball warrior is Robocop. <laughs> so, no, he's he's not hiding from anything. He was wandering, like not wandering, but like systematically walking across the field of fire and just somewhat dodging shots, but just assuming he would never get hit. And sure as shit, huh. his kids can't fucking hit anything. So he's just walking through a field of fire. And shooting everybody else. So I was like watching it happen in awe almost. It was impressive. Did was he good or was he bad? No, he was pretty good. Yeah. So okay. All right. we get done with the match, right? And and we get back up and I don't know, Lana commented, she was like, Oh, something navy, she said that that and the, the woman immediately recants her I was in the army thing. And she goes, well, I wasn't actually in the army. I was in the army reserve and I really only did that for like four months. And I was like, what, what the fuck? Like you just told me like I'm, I'm, we're getting ready to start and I'm envisioning, you know, killer paintball woman and know she was in the army yep. reserve for less than a year. Like what, what is that oh. about? <laughs> yeah. Potentially a discharge of some variety. Yeah, exactly. Definitely discharge yeah. for something. So. Yeah. My friends are all, basically, they were laughing at me as I was picked by the children and just got demolished. So, Lana, <laughs> paintball warrior, I'll tell you that. She, really? She took it like a, oh, I was impressed. You know, I didn't think she was going to be good. Uh, she has a damn good shot. and She got hit a couple times and just shrugged it off. I was pretty impressed. Wow. Good for Lana. I haven't played yeah. paintball since like 2004. Yeah. I, I will tell you I'm yeah. sore the next day. Day. Yeah. So in my just in my lifetime yeah. I've played paintball like three times. Oh uh, see, I played a ton when I was in like middle school and high school. So yeah, nostalgically yeah. Okay. Lon and I were talking about that and she like picked up on that and scheduled paintball for my birthday. So it was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. she's good at that. She she is very, very gifted in that way. Yeah. Yeah. She's good. Yeah. So just to bring it back uh, here, who do you got? You had asked me. You had asked <laughs> Golden me State or Articulate or Toronto in, uh, in this game. Let's specifically just say Game reserve. Six. Oh, I was moving on to the next thing. I, I know. Yeah, we'll get right. there in a second. I just want to know. Let's let's finish this. Uh, who yeah. do you think wins Game Six in Oakland tonight? Honestly. I, I think Toronto's going to win. I, I, I could see everybody's picking Golden State because they're like, oh, it's in Golden State. They're not going to. Toronto just looks awesome to me right now. I agree. I do. I agree. I think Toronto closes it out tonight. Yeah. And I everybody's yeah, like, oh, I, if, if Golden State wins, you never know in game seven. I'm just like, you know what? Toronto probably should have won last game. Like they kind of fell apart at the end there. So yeah. I people are saying, oh, the Warriors are going to be motivated because it's the last game ever in Oracle. Yeah. I don't think yeah. motivation is their, is the question. I think they've been sufficiently motivated. I know that they've won three of the last, what, four or something championships and, and that they've been there before and, and that could maybe lead to, um, 
complacency. I don't think that's the case. I think they want to win it. I don't think they have the talent on the court. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, and I, I think Toronto yeah, they have. It. They probably have. If, if you're going best players right now, I would say Kawhi is the best player in the series. But then Steph and yep. Clay are the number two and three. But then after that, I feel like you'd pick the next four people from Toronto. Yeah, you know what I mean. Four, five, and six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, Draymond unless, might be five or six. Dray, Draymond, Draymond, you're right. Be, Draymond yeah. might be. But if Draymond has an awesome game, he still is probably has like 15 points. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, yeah, he right. impacts the game a lot, but it's not. He's not. He's not scoring thirty, you know. No, no, I, I, I would give Toronto five of the top eight players, yeah. players on the yeah. court, on the starting five. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think that's that's actually probably fair. Five of the top eight. Now, it's, if if Demarcus Cousins, you know, hadn't missed what a month or whatever, and was one hundred percent, I would alternate that. But uh, yeah, as I is, think he will get back there because, like, it's just he's a big man. He's got a way. I mean, he's got to weigh like three, three twenty-five, somewhere around there. I don't know, but it's hard to get back into shape when you weigh that much, you know. Yeah, no, I I think Demarcus Cousins is a great big man, one of the probably top five big mans, and next year when he's fully healthy, he he could be there. I I hope. I like Demarcus Cousins. You know, like eight years ago when he was coming out of Kentucky, I probably thought like you know he's just a punk kid. Uh, I I like him. I think you know. He's got a good attitude. I really do. Um, I hope he gets a legitimate contract, long-term contract. Um, I, I think Cousins is on the Lakers next year, personally. I think I, – I, I just think they'll offer him the most money. Like, the Lakers want somebody to pair LeBron with. And yeah, that's if, – If you're watching him right now, he's definitely not a max player, but the Lakers are, like, desperate, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. true. You know what? I think you might, have, you might be on some. Where do you think Kevin Durant goes next year? You think he's still a New York Nick? You know, honestly, I don't think so. I, I think he may stay in Golden State now because because of this injury. If, yeah, I I think if he was going to go there, right, New York was probably going to try and get some other player with him, and and now like you're all Kyrie everybody's on it. Yeah, or maybe trade for Anthony Davis or or something like that. But now you're put on a year hiatus, and like that's hard to sell another player on. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we'll yeah. be good next year. So. I don't know. It's it would be New York's luck to finally get a you know top three NBA player, and then of course have them like coming back from an Achilles injury, and you never know if they're going to be the same. Uh, yeah, that would be that, typical New York Knicks style. I think it, I I think he signs a max contract like lengthwise. So he's been doing these one and one things like LeBron is doing. He signs for a year and then as a player option. I think he yeah. signs like a five-year contract or four, whatever, because of the injury. Really? Oh yeah, I think well, wherever he goes, that's where Katie's pretty much end- ending his career. That's what I think happens. Yeah, I. You know what I did enjoy in the last two days is, and say what you want about the Warriors. I think that they are emotionally honest with with the people, and and what I mean is that when Katie was injured, you saw Steve Kerr and and Clay Thompson and and even Steph come out and say like how much that affected them on an emotional level as a team and as an individual. And, and as an adult, I respect the shit out of that because I think that's tough to do is to be emotionally honest in an open public setting. Uh, and that has to hit KD in some level because clearly I think Kevin Durant, 
maybe more so than other public figures, lets a public viewpoint and affect how he feels. And and Oh, yeah. I do think it may affect him, too, if they end up winning. Right? So let's say they win game six and seven without Kevin Durant. Right? Like, people will say, and Kevin Durant will hear it, that, oh, well, they don't need Kevin Durant. You know? But if they lose... Then people are going to be like, okay, they need Kevin Durant. And he's going to, in his mind, he's like, okay, I can save him. That kind of thing. You know what I mean? Maybe. So, uh, I don't pretend to know what, what, you yeah, know, what a NBA multimillionaire. Yeah. Yeah. I don't pretend to know what's going on in their head, but, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be too surprised at anything. He'll, yeah. he'll do what he thinks is best. And maybe and, he'll go uh, to Indiana. To <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure if they could afford him. Yeah, that's that's how it would work, though, right? We'd get a Kevin Durant with an Achilles injury that can can't really do anything. Yeah, like oh, we got Kevin Durant. Yeah, he's gonna suck, but yeah, we got maybe him, you'll get so. Kevin Durant in like twenty twenty three. Yeah, we'll get a yeah. a thirty thirty six year old Kevin Durant that he can shoot threes. Yeah. But that's about it. You'll get Andre Iguodala in like twenty twenty two. Thanks, man. <laughs> So with that, let's let's go on to our last topic here. So, all right. One of the local theaters near me recently changed to uh, reserve seating. So you go in, right, and you buy yep. a ticket, and then they make you and pick a seat on the yeah. screen, you know? I'm familiar um, with it, yeah. Yeah. I, I, as Lana and I go to movies frequently, I completely despise this method of choosing my seat. And I, for the life of me, can't figure out why they're doing it. Because I want to go in, see who's sitting where, right? If there is a group of young teenagers sitting in front of me, like, I don't want to sit behind them. That's just going to ruin the movie, right? So, like, I will choose to sit somewhere else. But if I am forced to sit in these assigned seats that I don't even... And I don't even know what the theater looks like, right? You go into the theater, maybe it's one of those smaller ones where you actually want to be close to the screen or whatever the deal is. No, I, I get it. I don't understand. What do you have any? Like, what's the rationale there? I can't figure it out. Uh, I do share in your in your hesitance towards it. Uh, my dislike is not as extreme as yours. Uh, also, my loyalty to the predetermined seat is not very high. Uh, what I mean is, if I do have to pick a predetermined seat and I go in and it's not optimum, uh, I'm just going to move. And, okay. Uh, I mean, I've done that too. Up, but then I'm yeah. just like. I mean, I, I hate being like you've gone to a game or something where you you're like, yeah, we'll sit in these other seats for now, and then somebody comes oh, up yeah. and you're like, oh, sorry, and you feel like a, a dick a little bit, you know? Yeah, a little bit, but that quickly fades. I say, oh, okay, well, sorry, I just tried, and then you get up and you sit somewhere else. Yeah, like, and yep. if you absolutely have to go back to your one predetermined seat, then then so be it. Like, uh, it's it to me, I am annoyed by it, uh, but if I don't like the seat that I'm assigned. Or that I accidentally selected, then um, then I just move. And four times out of five, uh, it's it's not a thing. Okay, so may- maybe I just need to not care and just move if I don't appreciate the seat. That would be my recommendation. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think I went to go see like the you know the Marvel, Marvel the in game movie. Uh, yeah, you know, the yeah. new uh, uh, that that one was was the theater was packed. And uh, I did have to sit in my predesigned seat, but uh, again, it wasn't not really an issue because uh, it was a fine enough seat, and everyone yeah. was quiet around me. So, 
I just I also got in know. trouble for going to see that by myself, and uh, turns out Ooh, my girlfriend did want to see that with me. Did you well, not run my that defense, first? No, I did not. <laughs> I, I went to see it the Friday morning. Well, in my defense, she didn't know it was coming out until a week before. We had watched what was the first one in uh, Infinity uh, War? Infinity Wars, yeah, yeah. So I watched Infinity War in the theater. She watched Infinity War on Netflix uh, about a week and a half before Endgame came out. She was completely oblivious. Mm. And at the end of Infinity War, she said, that was good. And I said, well, the sequel's coming out in a week. And she said, there's a sequel? <laughs> and, and so the next week... Doesn't she work I, at a school with young children? Like, how old are the kids? Teenagers. Teenagers. Teenager. How is this not... Like, to me, I would assume they're just talking about it constantly. Like, that doesn't uh, re- register no, with her? Apparently, apparently not, no. Mm, okay. So she was uh, otherwise oblivious to the existence of the Endgame movie. Uh, I went to see it, and then I didn't want to lie to her. So, like, <laughs> a day or two later, I said, oh, yeah, I went and saw the Endgame movie, and she was upset. Mm. Um, and I tried to explain the, the different levels of caring about the movie, and that only, you know, assuaged her. Assaged? Assuaged? I don't know how to say that. Assuaged. Maybe assuaged. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, that only uh, calmed her her feelings of being hurt uh, a little bit. Um, so we're still working through that. that that's a right. Not Big a marquee hiccup moment. in their relationship. Yeah. So has yeah, she seen it then? No, no, no. I, I offered to go back and see it with her. My second time, her first. She said that would not be the same. She'll watch it when it comes out on video, <laughs> which only will not be the furthers, same. Which only furthers my point that she just didn't really care about it that much. Right. If it wasn't that important to see. So should yeah. I message her uh, and and tell her how it ends? Do you, would that help your situation or ruin it? No, God, God no, that wouldn't help. <laughs> also, and I think this may be important to state, it's not my role to establish you know a level of caring for her to see this movie, right? Like, I don't get to tell her, well, you don't, you wouldn't care about this movie, so I that that was inappropriate, and so I acknowledge wrongdoing on my part. Are you are you just saying this because in case she no, listens no, no, no. to that's, minute sixty two, no, no, you just want to make sure is she in the other room? Is she standing behind you right now, Brian? She's in the other room. The door's closed. Okay. Uh, I made the conscious choice. I said to myself, "It's a Friday morning off. I want to go see, see this movie. I've been looking forward to it for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this may be hurtful." But I want to do it anyway, and so I made the choice, and uh, and I'm going to live with them, the consequences. Yeah, well, and that's it. Lana I don't, I don't get to say you would no. you don't care about this movie as much as I do, so I'm going to go, which is exactly what I did. Yeah, I didn't think it'd be an issue she, if we went. Lana, when together. I'm on the rig, will go see time a movie. I didn't think that, that would I be an issue. See there and and then, but she will go see it again because she doesn't mind seeing the same movie twice. So. I, I do yeah, that. I used to. I mean, assuming it's a good movie, I don't either. I don't love seeing the same movie twice within a short time span. Like, I, I just don't want to do it. Hmm. But, well, hmm. man, I think that's that's about a podcast. But that's um, a good one. I am, yeah. If you uh, let's let's text a little bit tonight while we're watching the game. Let me know what your thoughts yeah. are. I'm I'm not gonna be able to tune in until probably after the first quarter. But um, the. Uh, my interest level is peaked. This may be this series right now is more enticing to me than the Cavs golden state series, like any of them really. So I think the Raptors are a better team. Here's an interesting question. How do you feel this year's Raptors would compete against last year's Cavaliers? I think, I think they would have won because I think, 
uh, Kawhi has proven that he can maybe not outplay LeBron, but at least uh, somewhat negate him. And he can match none him, of the yeah. other, yeah, match him or whatever. And none of the other Cavs players can match anything like what the the Toronto has with the rest yeah. of their players. You know, yeah. So uh, who who's the big man that the Raptors have? They didn't have it's um Mark Marcusol. Marcusol, he's he's excellent. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, I mean, it, people Pascal don't realize is, he was a defensive player of the year and an All Star like three years ago. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, Pascal I mean, is playing at a level that. Oh yeah, he That's obviously had played that before. Uh, I think Super this year's Raptors because would the Pacers could have taken him last year's Cavaliers, and I don't think it would have been uh, that close. It's okay, uh, but anyway. <laughs> so uh, I think that's about it, and yep. uh, we will uh, talk to you guys next time. All right, enjoy uh, this latest edition of Brooks and Raymond podcast. <laughs> <laughs>